Thank you for joining us for a very special episode of Beardy and the Beast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the Foggy Isle Film Festival with its very own Mistress of the Dark, Ashley Good. Foggy Isle Film Festival is a yearly film festival <laughs> that has returned to in-person patronage this September 29th, 2022, and online uh, September 30th, 2022. Event details and lineup are available at foggyislefilms.com. As always, we're available on many services with a full list available at beardyandthebeast.com. And my name is Drew, that hockey mask wearing dude over there is Dev, and of course, author, filmmaker, and festival host, Ashley. Hello. Mistress of the Dark makes it sound like, I don't know, the dark is cheating with me. I'm, I can't <laughs> be witty right now. My brain is mush. You guys know why. It's really great to be back. It's nice to speak to adults. It's nice to... Nice to be here. <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be present, to be seen, to be appreciated. You know, I don't feel appreciated, though, because you didn't have me on your Cabin in the Woods episode. I, I was, honestly, I was going to invite you for that, or alternatively, Tucker and Dale. Yeah. But, what's the best way to put it? We're the He-Man Women Haters someone, Club. Yeah. <laughs> someone didn't have enough time, and yeah. had the time to record this podcast with us instead, so... I don't know. She made her choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Fun fact, I actually own a Cabin in the Woods, Tucker and Dale combo DVD. No idea why they actually paired those films together, but they are, are, they are both in my top three, so I had to buy that. I can't imagine I mean, why those two films would be paired together. There's clearly no genre connection whatsoever between those two films. Oh, yeah. Or are we being sarcastic? I was going to do it. I'm actually this cool thing. <laughs> Did you know they are both horror films of the horror comedy subgenre, like the Foggy Isle Film Festival? But the thing <gasps> I actually wanted to bring up was. And... No product placement in our podcasts. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, first, I'd like to apologize to your audience in case I sound like a rambling schizophrenic, but I have a fan theory linking. Cabin in the Woods and The Good Place. And kind of, uh, oh my god, what's that movie called? It wasn't actually very good. I'm sorry, director Drew Goddard. Uh, Bad Times at the L... That hotel movie, did you guys watch it? Uh, uh no. Ah, uh, shit. Okay, well, I'll look up the title of that later. Anyway. Already looked <laughs> Are you talking Bad Times at El Royale? That's the one, that's the one. <laughs> I was slightly disappointed in that, considering how much I love Cabin in the Woods, which, you know, again, you didn't invite me to be on that episode. I, I've i long since forgiven you for that, though. Okay, so you guys know the engineers kind of architect, not the architects, but the engineer people in Cabin in the Woods. They're yeah. controlling everything behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched The Good Place? No. Evan, you have. <laughs> yeah. You said that? Excellent. Okay, so the architects. They kind of have the same role in both series, the, both the series and the movie. Yeah. Both Drew Goddard films. The Bad Times at the El Royale also has people behind the scenes kind of controlling things. And I just noticed it was an interesting kind of connection between all of Drew Goddard's work. I think he's clearly just trying to, uh, to show how Hollywood pulls the strings, much like Spielberg was in E.T. I do too, but if you, I mean, really want to read into Bad Times at the... <laughs> I, no, I actually do think, but anyway, <laughs> Drew's little theory in that ET little. episode I think was I think was quite accurate. But anyway, 
bad times at the El Royale. I don't know how into like quote unquote conspiracy things you guys are, but that kind of has ties to the whole US government uh, midnight climax thing they did before. I think it was in the 70s or whatever when they used to dose Johns with LSD and then secretly record them. <laughs> Uh, I have not heard of this. Yeah, it it sounds like a a legit U.S. government. Okay, so anyway, if you can, you can. A smarter mind than I could totally connect the works of Cabin in the Woods, The Good Place, and Bad Times at the El Royale. Also, just a fun shout out to Cloverfield. I like that movie. I like his work. There. The uh the my fan service to Drew Goddard. (laughs) The the connection the connection that we like from Cabin in the Woods is. More related to like the Whedon verse, as in the reason why they left in Firefly. The reason why they left the Earth that was was because of the events that happened in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, and oh, when that, and when that happened in Cabin in the Woods, that's all the Hellmouths opening in uh, Buffy and Angel. Drew Goddard was also a writer on Buffy and Angel. <gasps> what? Almost like they worked with Whedon a bunch. Almost like I read Wikipedia beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I can sound smart by reading Wikipedia too. I can Google. I I can pull up IMDb when we start randomly talking about directors. <laughs> I don't have Drew Goddard pulled up right now. Not at all. Did I ever tell the two of you how when I was in college, I wrote, I had to take women's studies for my diploma, and I am a little bit of a contrarian sometimes, and I was Clearly like, I'm going to pick. Work. I was like, I'm going to pick a man to write about as a feminist icon. <laughs> and I wrote about why Joss Whedon, and particularly Firefly, why they could be considered like the feminist icon, feminist works. Years later, I realized how wrong that was, because like Joss Whedon's kind of a piece of shit, but I still like his work. That being said, I mean, I remember around Buffy and Firefly and all that, he was a feminist icon. Yeah, he it's almost was. Like... And then you're... <laughs> you know yeah I th- I'm th- i've been thinking about um doing like a legit video essay on my like et hollywood exposure theory and i'll probably end up pulling you in because you have uh insights and knowledge to the workings of uh big hollywood can you change my voice for that episode Just do the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's more like just, just change the voice, but make sure make sure you like introduce her properly, but just change the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I do. So gee, oh gee. I would happily be a part of your rambling ET video essay. Honestly, I think there's something to your theory, and your audience should go back and listen to that episode if they haven't already. You discussed Cause... some good things on there. Anyway, before this takes a really dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> Corruption of Hollywood. My film festival, festival, the Foggy Isle Film Festival, which is going into its fourth year this year. We highlight uh, dark comedies, uh, horror comedies, kind of little niche indie short films like that. I've I've actually I've been lurking your Instagram because you've been posting screenshots of the various films, and there's a few things that I, I like here as far as the uh, ones that have been posted for this year. And I think the one that stuck out most to me was probably the vegan vampire. Just that, that picture of the, the vampire girl holding the pamphlet that says beans on it. Like, I'm super <laughs> looking forward to this just based off of that picture. That one's <laughs> quite funny. Yeah, the vegan vampire uh, directed by Rashi Sethi. Um, mm. She's from BC. I want to say Vancouver, but very talented new filmmaker. It's a very funny short. 
I'm also looking forward to Witchy just because I'm intrigued as to what's going on there. Because there isn't really any trailers. I'm doing this yeah. based on only a little bit of information. And I'm just like, as always, ex excited for the lineup because you put in a good lineup. Thank you. Yeah, Witchy, uh, directed by Liz Manischel. I hope I pronounced her last name correctly. Uh, that's a great one. It actually has some pretty recognizable faces in it. Um, I don't know if any of you would admit to watching The Big Bang Theory, but it has uh, one of the supporting actors is in that. It's a very clever little short film. I think the, the one that caught my eye was um, the Hell on Cotton Hill, because all I can think is like, bring forth the holy hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to like that one. I mean, what's not to like about stuffed rabbits? mauling and eating people that's all you need to know about that one it's great oh and shout out to the director of helen cotton hill that is russell wally one of, one of the things that i appreciate that you do really well when you construct these is the actual configuration of the lineup there's a pacing to it so it's not just a bunch of things thrown in a pile it is more of a case of like you're you've studied tone and you're doing things like contrasting films together like in their placement in the lineup I think it's very well thought out and creates a very unique and interesting experience, especially when it's Thank filled you. with such good films. Thank you. I mean, much like Drew Goddard, I guess I enjoy the concept <laughs> of controlling the crowd. <laughs> but no, um, it's I've said this before, but it's a lot like programming or um, making a playlist. As you were pointing out, Drew, I try to program things so that there's a flow to it. Mm. I enjoy... Um, seeing audience reactions so it's going to be really great to have the show come back uh, live in person on september the 29th and again online on september 30th for people that want to watch it online and they're not in victoria yeah, i can't get yeah. out there this year the the individual selection i often wonder about that because like you've you've been on the other side of the coin when it comes to film festivals right as in like s submitting pieces of work to various festivals is it just yes. north america or is it like worldwide sort of thing that you've done my films aren't really that well received, <laughs> but they have had, I mean, some international viewership. I think I told the story before of Pity Party uh, being panned through the German Amazon because for some reason they tagged it as a softcore porn. So I had all these German views where they watched like <laughs> two minutes of the movie and then it's like, oh, like that. Um, porn? <laughs> I, I have no idea why Amazon like why the algorithm thought my movie was that also i did a little short film a stephen king dollar baby a few years ago called in the death room and i think i i offended somebody i had a message from somebody that was so upset with my take on it <laughs> that they had to tell me that um but it actually has been watched by a few people in spain which is interesting it's going to be featured in the spanish magazine in a month i guess spain has a really big stephen king following well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's super That's super exciting to get recognition for your films. I mean, Foggy Owl was the first festival that my work got into. Like, that's actually why I started the festival, because when you make horror comedies and kind of niche films, it's really hard to find an audience. Uh, um, see, one of the things that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't put all of my things in there, but, you know, honestly, one of, my, one of the things that makes my cold, dark heart, you know, grow three sizes bigger is seeing how happy a lot of these first-time filmmakers get when their films pro finally get programmed. So I googled Foggy Isle the other day because I wanted to make sure, you know, there's nothing weird floating around out there. 
And I just loved seeing all of the past films that had screened, um, listing us on their website and saying, come check out our first ever screening at the Foggy Isle Film Festival, or like, oh my god, my film is finally accepted. And it's just, yeah, it's so cool to see that and to be able to support these really talented filmmakers that aren't otherwise finding an audience. And I've definitely seen that, like, in my in my limited social media exposure, I've seen that, like, firsthand people just, like, getting so super stoked for their, their first film festival, like, featuring. And, and then when I see their product, I'm just like, this is excellent. Like, I haven't yeah. been let down by any of the films yeah. in the yeah, three. Thank you. Yeah. For, well, three going into the fourth. Yeah. What yeah, they're all seen? very high quality films. Obviously, we wouldn't program them if they weren't. So you would never know that a lot of these are by first time filmmakers. Uh, we do have some bigger names as well, too. Uh, Shark is actually directed by Nash Edger. Sorry. Edgerton out of Australia. He's done music videos for The Killers, a bunch of other large projects, and that one actually stars Rose Byrne too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I remember. So it's a mishmash of first-time filmmakers and like really established people that somehow find our festival and submit. And, it, and it's nice to have that mix because having you know just a first-time filmmaker being in a festival where you know there's a short starring Will Ferrell like last year. Yeah. That's that's pretty exciting, I would think. Thank you. I mean, the big thing we try to do with it is to make it, how should I put this? A lot of indie festivals are, I don't know, they're too quote unquote artsy or they pander one way or another, but Foggy mm -hmm. Isle is meant to be enjoyed by, you know, a lot of people. It's not meant to be super political or pushing a message. The selection process with this year's lineup was, do these films make you laugh? If so, it's probably going to get picked. I'll be honest, one of them is I would call hyper-violent and the laugh comes at the very end. <laughs> but I had a belly chuckle, so therefore I liked it and it belongs in Foggy Isle. So I was actually going to ask how you do for your selection process. Yeah, we have a, a committee that watches over the films and then we all talk about it. Um, it's not just me doing it. They do have ultimate veto power if I'm trying to really push something that people don't like. Drew, do you remember the very first showing? Do not. It's been a while. Okay, well, we had uh, one dramatic short programmed, and I put it between some comedies for shock value. It was called Happy Birthday. Beautifully shot, powerful, super gut-wrenchingly sad short about this little girl in uh, war-torn, I can't remember if it was Iraq or Afghanistan. Thanks, U.S. government. But anyway, um, it was shot there. It's very well done. But it was so depressing that... It felt like somebody vacuumed the enthusiasm out of the room and it just became so uncomfortable. And then finally this one table just laughed <laughs> and it was the best feeling <laughs> ever. And I had a bunch of people come up afterwards and say how much they actually liked that and they enjoyed the jarring aspect of having it between the comedy. So that was well received. But the committee was like, yeah, maybe don't do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that. And I was like sitting here being... Because I, I was at a random table with all the, the other people who got to go in because they knew someone who knew someone. I was sitting here and I'm like, this is actually kind of silly and funny, but horribly depressing and I want to laugh right now. And then that table did. And I was like, yes, vindication. I am only mostly a terrible person. <laughs> and that's what I love about Foggy Isle is just how it's grown almost entirely from word of mouth. Some viewers in Texas, we have some viewers in New York, and they've been having little viewing parties and everything. And it just started as this tiny thing out of Victoria. So it's really cool to be able to continue it this year, finally again in person, but also keeping the online show for the distance audience members. 
And I, I think that's great for outreach, especially because most of the people that I uh, show your stuff to uh, <laughs> and end up being in remote people. Like you know, a lot of our viewers are in the States as well. So, I mean, especially when you have filmmakers from all over the place, you know, let's them bring their audience in too without necessarily being having to come out to Victoria. All I know is it's really fun and it's a great time and anyone local should definitely check it out. Anyone uh, not local should check out the online portion. I don't think anyone will be disappointed unless you hate me personally. Well, I try not to plaster your your face on too many of the decorations at these events, so offended. <laughs> when when the biggest star you've ever worked with was in one of your short films and their name is Drew. Like you got to <laughs> use what you can to get your product out there. And you know yeah, what? And the one <laughs> you're allowed to use my likeness for these purposes. In the one scene that was specifically called out for being horrible on IMDb because that person didn't get what I was doing. Really because that yeah. person said, and I remember this, I keep getting distracted by the guy in the back. <laughs> Star oh, of the movie. Stealing the show. <laughs> Star of the movie. Oh, and I, I just want to add, for the people that do plan on attending the in-person show, you do need to buy your ticket in advance. We're not selling them at the door. Um, also, it is at a 19-plus venue, so you must be 19-plus for that. The online show, I mean, who am I to stop you from watching it? But I am saying it's an 18-plus show, as these films have not been rated. Except by me, and I haven't seen them, but they're rated awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple thumbs up. Yeah, I think you two will really like this year's lineup. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, given the things that I've been proven to like and dislike from Barry and the Beast podcast. <laughs> like we're generally fine as long as it's not your choice in film. Oh. Something, something, little hours. <laughs> that's a great movie. What are you talking about? This is a fine piece of work. If you plan on screening another one of my top three favorite films and not inviting me on for the episode, uh, please invite me back to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think that's an underappreciated classic. I was just yeah. about to ask what the third film was. That's the, yeah. <laughs> and the trifecta of Ashley's favorite films. Oh God, I referred to myself in third person. That's just kind yeah. of person you are. A third person. Person, speaker person. Uh, uh, we'll definitely bring you back I realize Species also would have been a great one to have Ashley in. In or watching? Watching with us. <laughs> so spoiler alert, I did not like it. And because I'm a 30-something white woman, I'd also be down to discuss Mean Girls with you at any time. Oh, dude, that's actually on our it's list. on the list. <laughs> Party people. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ashley, and talking about Foggy Isle Film Festival. And you're... Thank you for having me on and i'm sorry i triggered you guys a lot and made things go off the rails a little bit i'm just surprised you didn't call more. us assholes on our own podcast <laughs> well, i wouldn't do that you're, you're so kind for having me on but if people want to learn more about the foggy Isle film festival taking place in person on september the 29th and online on september the 30th they can go to foggyalfilms.com or follow us on instagram at at i'm doing the symbol with my hands foggy Isle films yeah i think they call that a snail in some cultures Definitely check out the Foggy Isle Film Festival. And as always, this is Beardy and the Beast. We're available on many uh, services. A uh, full lineup or a full list can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Like, subscribe, share, whatever the unique words are. Hit the bell. I don't know, three people who watch on YouTube. Fiend. Be nice. Clean up what I say.